Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehila Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah. This is your co-host, Ryan Cabrera. And uh, our Beit Tehillah community has been doing live stream services every week, and uh, we've made the decision to, to post the messages from these services weekly onto the podcast because we know that a, a lot of you are at home and you, know, you could use an encouraging word. Normally, obviously, our, our podcasts are on the tour portions or interviews, um, but we have a, a special blessing because this week, uh, Pastor Nick and Pastor Russell taught together. And uh, the message uh, that they preached together was the Feast of First Fruits and the Resurrection. So it's a very timely message for what we're going through right now. Uh, we're starting the Omer season uh, here, and we're, we're counting up 50 days, so that's exciting as well. But I uh, just wanted to uh, you know, kind of give you guys an introduction to this message, the Feast of First Fruits and the Resurrection with Pastor Nick and Pastor Russell. Uh, listen in. I hope you'll be blessed. Shabbat Shalom, everyone. I'm Pastor Nick Plummer, Beitia the Congregation, and my co-host here is Pastor Russell Messer. That's right, the media director here who allows all this to go on, and we want to thank him and his team for uh, allowing us to actually film and, and give these videos online to keep our community uh, in, in a communication and, and also to keep us uh, tied in together. So, you know, once again, uh, I just want to thank the leadership of Beit Tehillah for going through this difficult time and all that they have done, all that they're doing and all that they continue to do as well. And we're developing some other things as well online. We'll, we'll keep you informed of that. Uh, maybe a, a Bible study, our Torah studies on Monday night, but we'll, we'll keep you posted on that as we develop that with Pastor Russell. And I also wanna thank all of you that continue to give. You know, it's, it's been really good to see the online giving, even people coming by and dropping their tithes and offerings off. We just wanna personally thank you for, for allowing you to come to the storehouse and keep this vision alive of, of having a strong community and raising the next generation. And I can't thank you enough, both Danielle and I, uh, for all those that have given, uh, because we're going to come out of this stronger and better. And uh, we're just expecting some some great things. Anything, Pastor Russell, you'd like to share? Well, I just want to uh, wish everybody a happy Passover. Um, we are here today um, <clears throat> in the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And I'm just so happy that you guys are here with us today. Uh, Pastor Nick's right. Thank you guys so much for uh, uh, continually to give and also to support the ministry in this season of time. I'm telling you, Pastor Nick, we had a record number of people watching online last week um, in the history of Beit Tehillah. And it has just been exciting to see the connections that are happening all over the all over the internet, all over the world. And um, so we're just excited to be here today. And um, Pastor Nick, thank you for allowing me to be here with you. That's and this right. is going to be an awesome message today and uh, it's very timely this message it is very timely you know especially the times in which we live uh, and, and also I just want to say that uh, you know just to give you a little report here uh, based upon the state of Florida uh, basically there are 14,504 cases uh, in the state of Florida uh, and of course as far as far as the uh, the cases go the Florida mm -hmm. residents uh, make up 14,065 cases that are documented. Uh, Non-residents are 439 at this point, and hospitalizations are 1,778 
of course, this is of course in the state of Florida, and deaths are at 283. So we want to lift up those families yep. that have lost a loved one to the coronavirus. Every day is a gift, and we want to just pray that God will comfort them and, and give them peace and shalom. Uh, as we look at Hillsborough County, uh, Hillsborough County is very interesting. There's about 21 cities that make up Hillsborough County, and the population is estimated to be about 1.5 million people. So I'm, I'm just giving you a, a well, a statistic right now because it's interesting. Uh, in Hillsborough County, there were 597 active cases. Uh, as far as the residents go, the Florida residents, 582 of them are Florida residents. Uh, Non-residents only make up 15. So remember that. These are, these are Floridians at 597. Non-residents are, of course, at, um, at 15. So uh, hospitalizations are at 90. And this is what's astounding, Pastor Russell. It yeah. is the amount of deaths is only five. Wow. Only five deaths in Hillsborough County. You know, Mike and I were watching about this, the Exodus movie and different things. And, and I just told Micah, and I want you to get this picture in your mind, um, 21, count, you know, 21 cities in the county of Hillsborough County. I want you to picture this now. If you were to take, because you have 21 cities, imagine if all of them went up north from all the 21 cities, from Apollo Beach to Valrico, Riverview, Tampa, imagine that many people just leaving this area. And that's a picture of what the Exodus would have been wow. like. When you think about 600,000 men, over 20 were counted, but not their wives and their children. So 1.5 is a conservative number, but just keep that in perspective as, as we even look at this, you know. And, and so with that, you know, I'm, I'm encouraged because of the great patriarchs and matriarchs of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, as they continue to, to move us as we are the children of Abraham, I want to dedicate this teaching to Pastor Randy Dreyer, who went to be with the Lord on November 17th, 2002. Yes, he was a friend. He was my father-in-law, and he was, of course, the senior pastor. We went to be with the Lord, and it was a big loss. You know, I'm still overcoming that loss. But you know what? Uh, he gave me the keys, uh, you know, to the kingdom, to this area, and I took it for a spin. It was great. We're in our new building now, and so I can probably face him because he got <laughs> everything set up on this property in 2002, November 17th. He went to be with the Lord, but he didn't preach one message from the pulpit, but he did get it all set up, and he did all of that. So we want to dedicate uh, this teaching to him. I consider him a great uh, patriarch and, of course, the matriarch, uh, Pastor, Pastor Tifa Colbo, yep. uh, who of course remarried since then. And I, I, I officially have a, 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 I love this title, a stepfather-in-law. That's dangerous, isn't oh, it? That's really good. So Timothy, we love you. We appreciate yes. you. We respect you. You're an awesome man of God. And uh, we know that uh, God's going to be using you in a mighty way here in this community as well. Amen. As they have, of course, relocated to ground zero here. So let's look at this. This is the Feast Amen. of First Fruits and the Resurrection, okay? And, and there's a lot of speculation. People don't even believe in God and this and that. So we want to hit the, the doctrine of resurrection and mm -hmm. give you some resources and different things. Once again, if you would like the, the PowerPoint for this teaching, you can contact Kathy at the office, info at twopraise.net, yep. and ask for these PowerPoints. So Pastor Russell and I are going to get through this. We're going to do this. And yes, so let's, let's get awesome. it right out of the gate here. Let's check out resurrection is defined as the following. This is based on the Webster's Dictionary. The rising of Christ from the dead, the rising to life of all human dead before the final judgment hmm. in an act or instance of reviving. You know, think about it. None of us want to die. Hmm. It's because of Adam and Eve's sin in the garden that we have death and sickness and coronavirus. Remember that. Yeah. That is the original sin. So that is why we have all of this. That's a curse. And we're going to develop hope, though, because Yeshua is going to take 
the sting out of death mm, through amen. his death, burial, and resurrection. So, Pastor Russell, do you have anything you want to share? You know, it's just exciting to see this uh, play out. You know, in our world today, we're celebrating, and I know many of you guys have kind of caught on to this, but we're all celebrating past the season of Passover in our homes. You know, a lot of people are at home right now. Um, and how many of you guys know that we're just waiting for this season to pass so that we can be resurrected out of our homes? Uh, some of us with children would love to see that happen soon. Um, but it is true, Pastor Nick, that this resurrection is is really the picture of the Messiah, um, not only just showing us how this will play out in the end days, but also this is really powerful because when you look at the word resurrection, as you're defining it, Pastor Nick, there's also a Hebrew word for this, and it's called tikkuma. And tikkuma means to rise up. And uh, I believe in these end days, God's going to raise up this next generation. The, the vision of Betahila, Pastor Nick's always talked about, is to build a strong community, raise up a next generation. And uh, I believe that's part of the resurrection part of this, is that he's, we're going to have a raised up generation coming forth out of Betahila to change the world. Amen. Even through the ashes of the Holocaust, we have the birth of a nation. Mm. So think about that. You know, a burnt offering is olah in Hebrew. And the Jewish people were literally a burnt offering. Uh, they were totally consumed in the ovens and in gas chambers and things. And so with that, with that said, as Christians, we need to come alongside the Jewish people and say, you know, we're not going to we're going to we're not going to stand for this anti-Semitism anymore. Mm, we're going to rise up and come alongside the Jewish people and respect them and love them and do the things we need to do. So let's look at some resurrection synonyms, uh, resurrection synonyms. We have, of course, the word rebirth, regeneration, rejuvenation, renewal, resurgence resuscitation, and of course, the word revival. These are all synonyms mm -hmm. for resurrection. So this is something to think about as you, as you look at those words. A lot of us need this. You know, we really need this to, to come about because we need revival, you yes. know, to, to have revival. And a lot of things are nostalgic today, you know, bringing back the 80s and this and that. And so I think Israel's coming back. Amen. You know? Israel's gonna be popular. You know, I know I did teaching I think it was last year, the year before. Let's make Passover great again. I know that sounds political, but you know it's kind of true. You know, let's make the resurrection great again. Get a so, red hat. Yeah, let's get a red hat, MAGA hat. So, <laughs> now the following people in the Old Testament taught resurrection. Okay, mm. so this is very uh, interesting as you go back and, and look at some of these examples. The following people in the Old Testament. Um, taught resurrection. You guys think you want to share, Pastor Russell? You know, this is the season also as we're getting into springtime. I was, you guys know that this is uh, the season of Passover is kind of leading into the spring feasts. And, uh, you know, as you see this, uh, these uh, synonyms of uh, resurrection, it's about rebirth. It's about not just rebirth, but just a, re a, a brand new um, stage of life. And uh, as we're coming out of winter uh, and coming into spring, uh, we not only see that in the physical, but we also see that in the spiritual with the season of Passover coming up here as well. And Pastor Nick, I know you were going to share as well that this these this whole idea of a resurrection is really foreign to a lot of people in the world today. It's not very common the way you express resurrection. So this is an awesome teaching uh, to share with your friends, um, to explain to them what the resurrection truly means biblically. And not only that, it just helps them understand it was not just the New Testament that had these scriptures and references, but also had the Old Testament as well. And I know, Pastor Nick, you're going to be reading in a little bit of Job here about what that looked like and what Job thought about it as well. And, and, uh, yeah, the first example we have is of course Job in chapter 19 verses 25 through 27 and this is uh, verse 26 uh, and though after my skin worms destroy this body yet in my flesh shall I see God mm. wow the hope of the next life you know I think it's in every man's heart 
the, the hope of, of, of life and to keep living, you know. And once again, you know, death, sickness, and disease, disease only came into our life because of the sin of Adam and Eve. So remember that. We're all appointed to die, okay? And then, of course, the judgment. So Job is one of the oldest books in the Bible, and there, there it is. And though after my skin, worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. You know, it's kind of a, a gross statement, but, you know, our, our flesh is worm food. <laughs> we go into the dirt, and it's worm food. And Some have more than others, is I'm that what telling you're saying? You. So what about King David in, in Psalm 16, verse 10, or the references, uh, Psalm 17, verse 15, and then Acts chapter 2, verse 31. Here we have Psalm 16, 10. For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thy holy one to see corruption. Mm, that's good. Wow. Now that's yes. also a messianic psalm, in case you haven't noticed. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's a messianic psalm. It's referencing the Messiah, that he would not stay in the ground or in the tomb mm. for very long. He would be risen. So we have Job, we have King David, and now we have the great major prophet Isaiah, chapter 26, verses 10 through 19 is the reference. And I want to read, of course, uh, verse 19. Thy dead men shall live together with my dead body shall they arise. Awake and sing, ye that dwell in dust, for thy dew is as the dew of herbs, and the earth shall cast out the dead. Mm -hmm. Wow, that is awesome. So there's the great prophet Isaiah, uh, a major prophet there. And of course, we're going to move on to, of course, Daniel the prophet. Daniel chapter 12, verse 2. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Mm. There you, go. you know, it's uh, it's interesting because you can actually follow up this verse. Actually, if you read in uh, Revelations chapter 20, and I'm going to use my phone here to get to it real quickly. In uh, Revelations 20, verse 13, uh, this is a great th uh, throne judgment. This is where the judgment was going to be taking place before the throne. And if you scroll over here to uh, verse 13, and it says, And the sea gave up its dead that were in it, and death and Hades gave up its dead who were within them. And they were judged, each one of them, according to what they have done. So there is a there is a season that's going to take place. We know, Pastor Nick, that we're going to be uh, coming back from the dead, and the sense that we're going to be uh, in, we're coming before the Father in heaven and giving an atonement or giving a um, or taking part in that final judgment. Now we know that. Um, when we've accepted Yeshua, Jesus, into our hearts, that there, uh, there is a grace and mercy that comes alongside that. And I know you're going to get into that further on, but there is just an amazing that even the oceans and death and Hades, all of them had to give up the, the, the dead so that they could be judged in the last days. And, you know, like I said, when Pastor Randy went to be with the Lord, you know, he, he did all that he could do up to that point. And it was an incredible amount of faith and mm, action. It was. But I know in Daniel 12, 3, if we follow up with this particular reference of Scripture, it says, And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. They that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. So you see, you have the living and the dead. You have the dead that are going to give an account for their life, the judgment. And, of course, here we have people that are leading many to righteousness. Mm. And they'll shine as the stars forever and ever. They'll be bright. And that's what's really happening. Now, if you follow through with what I shared last week in Daniel 12, 10, many shall be purified and made white and tried, but the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. So we are at a critical time right now to do all that we can do because the coronavirus is no respecter of persons, mm. from, from the rich to the poor, to the, to the famous, to the unknown. 
Yes. Uh, and so once again, uh, it's very important that we understand that. So I gave you some examples here of Job, King David, the great prophets Isaiah and Daniel. And now we're going to get into this really incredible uh, subject matter, revivification. Mm. In isolated instances, revivification occurs, being brought back to life from death, but only as a temporary escape from final death. Mm. This is out of the Holman Bible Dictionary. So, so you die, but you come back to life. Mm -hmm. So you didn't really see the full impact of death. And so we're going to go over some examples of, of this uh, that are found in the Bible that really encourage you that, you know, when it's your time to go, it's your time to go. I just want to remember that yeah. uh, in my own life. But it's also important that everybody understands that. And we're going to talk about that because some people think, oh, well, they were taken early or this or that. You know, though I walked through the valley of the shadow of death, those are actually near-death experiences. And some of you watching this right now, you, you've had some near-death experiences, yeah, say. but you're still here, yep. you know, and so that's, that's amazing. So, so why did God give you a second chance? or give me a second chance, it's because God is sovereign. He knows when it's time for us to go. And we're gonna talk about that in Ecclesiastes later, but let's look at some examples of revivification. Uh, here we have Elijah raises the widow's son in 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 17 through 22. Once again, the great prophet Elijah raises the widow's son. Now he's a miracle working prophet, Elijah is. He's not a writing prophet like Isaiah and Daniel. He's a, he's a miracle-working, uh, action-oriented prophet. Yes, exactly. And then, of course, you have Elisha yep. raises the woman's son in 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 18 through 37. I love this one. Uh, in 2 Kings chapter 13, verse 21, a dead man was raised up after being lowered into Elisha's sepulcher and touching his bones. You know, what's interesting is they actually I mean, said he was thrown in the, some parts of the scripture, there's translation that they were, they, you know, they kind of tossed his body in there. And as soon as he touched the bones, it was instantly brought back to life. So, Pastor wow. Nick, is, is the realm of life greater than the realm of death? It seems to me that the uh, he's the God of the living, yes. not of the dead. Exactly. You know? It's not that he doesn't care for the dead. It's that he's the God of the living. He's a living God. Yes. You know, so he is the God of the living, not of the dead. And and like I said, even, even this is actually in the Old Testament. And it's pretty astounding if you, if you ask me. I mean, I, I believe the Bible. And now we yes. can, of course, look at, uh, let's look at uh, Yeshua raises Lazarus, you know, mm -hmm. in John chapter 11, verses 1 through 57. This is right, of course, before his death, burial, and resurrection. Mm -hmm. He raises Lazarus. Now, let's, let's check out just a portion of Scripture here in John chapter 11, verses 23 through 26 in regards to Lazarus. Of course, Lazarus had two sisters, Mary and Martha. And yep. here's what he says. Jesus saith unto her, thy brother shall rise again. Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, okay, yet shall he live. Mm. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? Wow. So this is what he did. And he got in a lot of trouble over this. Because mm -hmm. no one could deny this incredible miracle. Only yes. the Messiah could bring somebody back from the dead. You know, and he had waited. You know, they told him, Lazarus, listen, he's not well. Yep. And he waited. He waited like four days. Yep. And you can go back and read it in context. But but he was like, he wasn't wasting time or anything. He just knew what he was doing. Yes. Uh, because there was something about the fourth day that something incredible was going to happen. So the timetable is what you're saying. See, I think what we miss uh, a lot of times, we think that we have to have this 
miracle on, on our own timetable. We have to have this situation and God's timetable and the resurrection. He said, no man knows when I will come in the end days. So we can't put a timetable on any of this, but we are to know and have hope that the Lord will come back and we will be resurrected. Uh, like it says here, um, you know, a lot of people um, here at Beit Tehillah had raised their hand one day, Pastor Nick, when I was sharing, I said, uh, if you've had a near death experience, raise your hand. And most, I would say half of the audience actually raised their hand. And I was so impressed. I said, wow, half of you should have been dead, but you are alive. That's right. And I believe that the Lord's purpose isn't finished with you yet. And so as you can see, Lazarus' purpose wasn't done. The enemy tried to uh, take away the purpose, but God said, no, I will use your death as a as a picture, a foretelling of what will happen in the end days. It's powerful stuff. And, and if you go on and read the Gospel of John, you know, it goes on to say that when Yeshua entered Jerusalem, he, he stayed with his friends. He had supper with his friends. So if Lazarus was, was dead, uh, he couldn't go over to his house for supper. Mm. Remember that. So just think about that. Six days before the Passover, Yeshua goes and has dinner with friends, has supper. So uh, continuing on here in That's the New good. Testament, even with the disciples, we have examples of revivification. Uh, Peter raises Tabitha. That's a pretty name. Acts chapter 9, verses 36 through 43. Uh, and of course, we have... Uh, Acts 9.40, and we'll read this. Uh, but Peter put them all forth and kneeled down and prayed, and turning him to the body said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. Mm. Wow, that's, that's, that's very interesting. So we know we, we have a, a witness in the Old Testament where the, where the, bones, <laughs> the bones of another prophet came alive. We know we're in the New Testament with Yeshua and Lazarus. Now Yeshua has, of course, ascended and went to the right hand of the Father, and now the disciples are doing things, and this is an example yes. of, of course, uh, Peter. But what about Paul, who said to the Gentiles? How about that? Paul raises the man who fell from the window. Wow. Oh, yeah. Acts chapter 20, verses 9 through 12. Here's the apostle Paul. Paul raises the man who fell from the window, you know. They didn't have air conditioning back then, so he was, he was probably hot. Yep. So he was he was where the breeze was. Yep. And let's Smart let's man. check it out. So it says here in Acts chapter 20, verses 9 through 12, and there sat in a window a certain young man named Eutychus, being fallen into a deep sleep. And as Paul was long preaching, just like me. Yes, I was gonna say. He sunk down with sleep and fell down from the third loft and was taken up dead. Paul went down and fell on him and embracing him said, trouble not yourselves for his life is in him. Mm. You know, I think Paul went down because he, he wasn't done with his message. Yep. <laughs> How dare you die on me? And he's like, I'm, I'm long winded, but I got long preaching, but I'm not done yet. You're going to get the rest of the message. I got that, 10 more know, minutes on the time. Card, so so it goes on to say, when he therefore was come up again and had broken bread and eaten and talked a long while, even till break of day, so he departed. And they brought the young man alive and were not a little comforted. They were a lot comforted. Yeah. They were like, wow, mm -hmm. this guy fell out of the window. He literally died, didn't have a pulse, and he was brought back to life. It's amazing, wow. uh, Pastor Nick. You see a lot of these testimonies of people that have literally seen um, people raised from the dead. You know, uh, I believe, Pastor Nick, just like Yeshua was 
teaching his disciples, it says, when I send you out into all the nations, you're going to be doing miracles and wonders and signs and raising people from the dead. All of this is stuff that is happening even today, even in greater power. I believe that we're going to see an outpouring, especially now in this season of time of the Holy Spirit. I believe that as people are being... Um, you know, in their own self, in their own lives are dead, God is going to revive them and bring them to life. You know, we had an awesome prayer meeting, Pastor Nick, um, on Monday. And if you guys weren't able to watch it, it was powerful. Uh, we prayed for those people that are in the harvest to continue. And we need harvesters. So the Lord's not done with us. So if you felt like I've been discouraged, I'm here in my house, I have no, I'm, I'm not being used to the Lord where I'm at, the Lord is going to use you. Don't give up hope. The Lord is going to resurrect your, 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 your life and he's going to use you in these end days. I, I think this is a revival for yes. salvation and evangelism. I really do. Because now everyone's thinking, well, what if I get the the, the, the virus? Mm. Am, I, am I prepared? Am I ready? I don't want to die, you know? And I think there's a lot of people thinking, you know, I saw uh, quite a few videos. We're going to be seeing a lot of this in the future. Just pit, people spread out through the city just praying oh, against yeah. the walls and on the sidewalks. Awesome. They're just praying. You're seeing doctors and nurses in the hospital doing worship. Mm. You've never heard of such a thing. This would never be allowed except for this circumstance. Wow. Doctors singing praises, nurses, you know, and, and staff and everything. I mean, it's, it's amazing the stories. Yes. And so, like I said, you know, th this is, this is a, a very, very, very important time for all of us. We're not promised tomorrow. Hmm. Today is the day of salvation. We're not promised tomorrow. It's a gift, you know. I never thought I would lose my father-in-law, but I did. And let me tell you something, it's always in the back of my mind, you know. Every day is a gift. Don't Amen. go to bed angry. Get things resolved. Take care of business, okay? Yes. So let's look at this because look at some Greek word here. The word resurrection is the Greek word anastasis, and it means the following, a standing up again, literally a resurrection from death, figuratively a moral recovery of spiritual truth, oh. raised to life again, rise from the dead, you know, think about this. When I was Catholic and I was a backslidden Catholic from the time I was 15 to 25, listen, I believed in God. I loved God. But in March of 92, I was almost 25 years of age, 10 years that were wasted that God gave back to me. But I will say this, though. Being born again was like being resurrected. Mm. There was a major, major change in my life. When my spirit and God's spirit met, it changed everything. So it also means to be raised to life again and to rise from the dead. Awesome. So we'll let Russell take it on from here because, you know, uh, this, this next part is really good because Yeshua predicts his death, burial, and resurrection. Yep. Uh, we're going to continue on here. We're going to read in Matthew. We're going to read Matthew 6.21 if you want to go 16, ahead. 16.21. I'm sorry, 16.21. You want to hit that slide, Pastor Nick? Oh, yeah. I get to do the PowerPoint. Oh, yeah. I got a job. For that time forth, uh, began to uh, Jesus began to show his disciples how that he must go into Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again on the third day. You know, I see this as a uh, as a preparation for Passover. I know a lot of you came by this week and um, picked up the Passover Seder book and Pastor Nick did an awesome job preparing all that um, that we had out front. Uh, we hope you guys really enjoyed that. Um, and what we're seeing here in Matthew is really the first part of this. If you look here in Matthew 6, 21, it says to suffer. Um, that word suffer is hoti. And it's got a meaning. It actually means to demonstrate. To it's one of the um, 
uh, pieces of that is to suffer, is to is to demonstrate. So he was actually demonstrating to the elders. If you look here, he suffered many things of the elders. So you know, as the Passover lamb, Pastor Nick, and you taught on this really, really well on the Passover preparation time. Uh, this lamb needed to be examined prior to the Passover seder, and this is the examination time right here in Matthew sixteen twenty one. So he is going to be examined. He would be killed. And then he would rise again. And what do we do when we were at the Passover Seder, everybody? We raise up the shank bone. And we raise up that bone, that Passover lamb bone. And so I believe that this is a perfect picture of the Passover and the preparation and everything that took place. Because why? Because we're going to take part in this Passover, but we're also at the end of the Passover, we're going to be risen from the dead. So at the end of this Passover season, this is when the time that we're going to be risen from the dead and we're going to head into first fruits. But we're not going to get there yet, Pastor Nick. But we're going to go ahead and continue on to Matthew 17, 9. So in Matthew 17, 9, it says, and as they came down from the mountain, Jesus charged them saying, tell the vision to no man until the son of man had been risen again from the dead. Uh, Pastor Nick, it's really great. You know, you see this part here. It says, tell the vision to no man. So what is that saying? That is saying that God is going to reveal his vision to us prior to things happening. Did you know that God will reveal things to you in seasons and in predestined times so that you will know, oh, there's something going to be happening? I know a lot of people have gifts of uh, speaking in tongues. There's visions. There's different gifts like that. Um, but this is amazing that he told the vision to his disciples so that they would know and have hope that he would be risen again from the dead. Remember what Mordecai told Esther. Don't tell anybody that you're Jewish. Mm. And then when the time came, she told everyone. It's just like today, Pastor Russell. I mean, my thing is, we're supposed to tell people we're Israel, we're grafted in. That's good. That's the word for non-Jews. Mm. We're not supposed to hide this or, or just say, oh, we're non-denominational, we're into Hebrew roots. No, we're grafted in as non-Jews. We're grafted into the olive tree of Israel. So so I, I feel like the Lord says, declare it. Mm. Tell them who you are. Amen. Because how are you going to explain what you're doing? Yeah. You know, the, the, the Baptists have a way of doing things. The Catholics have a way of doing things. Well, if you're Israel you're going to have a way of doing things that are different. Mm. And so they're going to understand, okay, wow, you're grafted, you're Israel, that's why you're doing these things. It's not because you're this, this, because it doesn't fit. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't fit the mold. Mm. So it's just something to consider. That's very, very good. So in Matthew, we're going to continue on here. In Matthew 17, 22 through 23, we're going to go ahead and read. And it said, and while they uh, abode in Galilee, Jesus said unto them, the son of man shall be betrayed unto the hands of men and they shall kill him and on the third day, he shall be risen again. And they were exceedingly sorry. You know, uh, how many of you guys know that death is uh, can be sad? How many of you guys know that uh, when someone passes away, it's a sad time? Um, but we're not supposed to, uh, to, when God has given us the word, he's given us the end story. You see, we sometimes think, oh, someone passed away, it's it's the end. It's like when Pastor Randy passed away. I have hoped to see Pastor Randy again. You know, the last words that he said to me was in the living room of his house, and he told me to take care of his daughter, and he gave me some specific instructions. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing Pastor Randy again, because why? Death did not overcome my king. God is in control and he has resurrected. And so we are going to see these people again, but we must not be sorry. Even though right here it says they were sorry, they had yet to see everything take place. So we're going to continue on. We're going to see how the story plays out. It's going to be awesome. So in Matthew 20 verses 18 through 19, we're going to go ahead and read this together. Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man shall be betrayed unto the chief priests and unto the scribes, and they shall condemn him to death. 
and they shall deliver him to the Gentiles to mock and to scourge and to crucify him. And the third day he shall rise again. There it is, ladies and gentlemen, he shall rise again. It is, it is extremely important that we remember that this is only, death is only temporary. We are going to be with the Father in heaven. So this whole season of time that we're getting ready here in Passover is so exciting. Something had to die. Something had to take our place. How many of you go, Pastor Nick, you share all the time. There is no remission of sin unless the shedding of blood would take place. So the shedding of blood has taken place, and now we are going to be rising again. Amen, Pastor Nick. Uh, do you have anything you want to share? That's a, good, that's a good word. Matthew 26, 32. We'll, we'll, we'll do that one. Let's go ahead and hit that one. All right. It says here in Matthew 26, 32, but I am risen again and I will go before you unto Galilee. You know, this is a very interesting uh, Bible verse, Pastor Nick. It says here that um, when he rises again, he will go to Galilee. Why Galilee? Why not Jerusalem? Why would he, after being raised from the dead, why would he not just stay in Jerusalem, you know, rise from the dead and, and, and do that? But I believe what took place is there's an act of faith here, ladies and gentlemen. The act of faith was his disciples were to leave Jerusalem and return to Galilee because that's where he was going to be. See, ladies and gentlemen, we must be consistently hearing the word of God. We must be listening and taking in the word of God so that we know the instruction. So his disciples had traveled. They had left Jerusalem and had returned to Galilee. And we're going to see this play out in the next couple scriptures here, Pastor Nick. But it was an act of faith for them to leave where they were and return to Galilee. And so sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, we have to go on faith that God is going to do something miraculous. And we just need to take that first step. And uh, so it's exciting to see that we are going to follow after the Lord and we are going to be resurrected. And, and don't don't forget this main point here, that the, the headquarters for Yeshua was Capernaum, which is north of Galilee. And, and he grew up in Nazareth, but he was born in Bethlehem, which is Judah. So if you think about it, Yeshua, who of course is what? I only came for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Mm -hmm. So if they look at the Northern Kingdom yep. in Nazareth, that's all part of the, the Northern Kingdom, the, the, you know, the, the 10 lost tribes or whatever, the Northern Kingdom, you know. And then of course, what happens? He sets up his headquarters in Capernaum. He does most of his miracles and all of his great signs and wonders in the Northern Kingdom. The, the number outweighs, I don't know what the percentage is, but it's probably three quarters of, yeah. of his miracles and, 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 and signs and wonders were actually done in the Northern Kingdom, the North of Israel. But now all of a sudden, he, you know, he's telling you, hey, I'm, I'm going to be in Galilee. Mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to be in Galilee. And, uh, but, but after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. So let's continue on and uh, see what we got here. Uh, the word resurrection is found 41 times in the New Testament. Wow. Mm. 41 times. 41 times. It was important. It sure is. So let's uh, let's continue. I'm going to have Pastor Russell read these references as well, because here's an interesting fact. All four Gospels record the resurrection of Yeshua. Mm. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And so Pastor Russell is going to read those verses. All right. Uh, they're all four Gospels right there in the resurrection. Amen. Uh, it, the first one's going to come out of Matthew 28, ladies and gentlemen. Matthew 28, 1 through 20. Uh, in verse 6, it says, He is not here, for he has risen. And he, as he said, come see the place where the Lord lay. So as you guys can see here, that there was witnesses. There had to be a witness, ladies and gentlemen, to his resurrection. Uh, we're going to continue on here in Mark 16, 1 through 20. In verse 6, it says, And he saith unto them, Be not afraid, or affrighted. Ye seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where they lay him. 
Amen. We're going to continue on, Pastor Nick. This is good. So that was in Matthew. That was Mark. Now here we come. Well, here comes Luke. So in Luke 24, 1 through 53, and starting in verse 5, and it was they were afraid, and they bowed down their faces to the earth and said unto them, Why ye seek? Why do you seek the living among the dead? So that is really powerful. So even then they were looking for his body. See, ladies and gentlemen, this was foreign to them. They didn't understand. They heard about the resurrection. They understood that this would take place, but it wasn't really in their spirit quite yet. So they had to witness it themselves to see it. And we're going to see this play out here. Uh, so that was Matthew, Mark, Luke. Here comes John. So let's do John chapter 20, verse 1 through 31. And we're going to start in verse 17. Jesus said unto her, Mary Magdalene, touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my father. But go to my brethren and say to them, I have ascended to my father and your father and to my God and your God. So who did Yeshua first appear to? Mary Magdalene. And remember, she was the woman who was a part of the ministry and followed the disciples and everything. And she was the one that had seven demons and God delivered her. Mm. So here she is, someone who's needing deliverance and loves the Lord and gets set free. And he appears to her first. So that's for all you ladies out there. Just keep that in mind. Yeshua Amen. showed himself to a woman <laughs> oh, before yeah. a man. So that's a good thing, isn't it? Women it's are a blessing. Awesome. Women are. Women are great, you know. And so once again, we're laying out a, a, a case here because it's important that you have this information. You know, they say that there's more proof that Jesus existed and walked this earth than any emperor of Rome wow. as far as documentation yes. for, for scrolls and different things, you know. So let's continue on in our study. We have 12 appearances of Christ, and these are some examples. We're not going to read the verses, but I'm going to just call them out here. But 12 appearances of Christ, okay? So he didn't just rise from the dead, and he's in heaven, and no mm -hmm. one saw him, okay? So let's, let's develop this, this, this case here. Uh, number one, Mary Magdalene in Mark chapter 16, verse 9. John chapter 20, verses 15 and 16. There's an appearance. Mm -hmm. The second appearance we have, of course, uh, I'll go back here to number two. Uh, women at the tomb, Matthew 28, verse 9. Uh, number three, two disciples on the road to Emmaus. Remember that? Yep. Luke chapter 24, verses 13 through 31. So there's three appearances of Christ. Uh, now I'm going to go back. To, we're going to move ahead to, to Peter. Uh, in Luke chapter 24, verse 34. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 5, there's another appearance. How about to the 10, the 10 disciples? Hmm. John chapter 20, verse 19. And then, of course, he does the 11. He, he appears to the 11. These are different situations, different, yes. different times. Yep. John chapter 20, verse 26. So there's six appearances right there. Hmm. We move on. Number seven. He appears to the seven in John chapter 21, verses 1 through 22. This was after the second Sunday, okay? This was after the second Sunday. And number eight, uh, the 11 on a certain mountain in Galilee, Matthew chapter 28, verse 16. Uh, continuing on, the ninth appearance is the 12, including Matthias mm -hmm. or Matthias. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 5, Acts 1, 26. So Matthias was, was part of the 12 because Judas betrayed him and they drew lots and he replaced Judas. Matthias did. So the 12, including Matthias, there's nine appearances. Wow. Number 10, 500 brethren. And we see this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 6. He appeared to 500 brethren. Boy, can I get a witness? Amen. Wow. You know, you only need two or three. Yep. And so uh, number 11, James, the Lord's brother in 1 Corinthians 15, 7, Galatians 1, 19. 
And then, of course, we have the, the 12th appearance. All the apostles in 1 Corinthians 15, 7, Mark chapter 16, verses 19 and 20, Luke chapter 24, verses 50 through 53, Acts chapter 1, verses 3 through 12, and Acts chapter 1, verse 26. So as, as, as we put this together, Pastor Russell, these are the 12 appearances, and now we're going to kind of get you, get you to think about this and, and put it into perspective, and we're going to look at Acts chapter 1, verse 3. What's the 40 days? Well, check this out. To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs being seen of them 40 days and mm -hmm. speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So here we have Pastor Russell. He showed himself for 40 yes. days. He was resurrected, of course. For 40 days, you have these 12 appearances. Yes. And it's really important, ladies and gentlemen, that you understand these Bible verses. And here's why. When the uh, the world system, the, we'll call it the atheistic system, comes to you and says, oh, you're the Yeshua, the Jesus, the person you believe is the Messiah, he died. You know, someone came and robbed the grave and took him away. Well, see, that's the act of the enemy. It's trying to divert your attention, ladies and gentlemen, to these Bible verses. These Bible verses are so powerful for you to know and write down because this proves, ladies and gentlemen, that the Messiah did rise from the dead, that he spent 40 days here and showing many infallible proofs. Well, what are infallible proofs, Pastor Nick? What would be an infallible proof? An infallible proof would be a miracle. So not only was he doing, um, speaking and teaching and, and, and educating the people, but he was also doing miracles and signs and wonders so that there would be no doubt. Um, it's amazing to me, Pastor Nick, you brought up that point that there are more um, uh, verses about, or there's more evidence of the Christ res resurrecting from the dead. It's interesting, There's more. there are more copies of the New Testament of this time frame, of this era, than there were of Homer's Odyssey. Even Homer's Odyssey couldn't even hold a candle to the amount of copies. So that means when they go to archeological finds and they find copies of the New Testament, they can prove by the dates that this took place, that this actually happened. So not only do we have the many infallible proofs, eyewitness accounts of him being there, but we also see copies of the manuscript at this time being laid there as well. So amazing things proving once and for all that the Yeshua, the Messiah had risen from the dead. That's amazing, you know, and, and so we, we have to keep it in perspective here because you got to remember we're building a case. We're building, and the, and the choice to accept Yeshua is yours. You know, it, it's, your, it's your choice, but for 40 days he showed himself, and once again, we've said this before, we'll say it again, in 1 Corinthians 15, 6, after that he was seen of above 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. You know, that's how the Lord looked at it, you know, hey, they're just sleeping, they're just sleeping. You know, and I'm not going to get into the whole debate uh, in, in regards to the whole sleep thing, but I believe to be absent from the bodies to be with the Lord. Mm -hmm. uh, but but some people believe that we're all sleeping until the resurrection, until he comes back, that we be, we put on immortality, you know. Mm -hmm. So the thing is, we just have to keep that in perspective. Right. But he showed us off to 500 people, so I thought that was amazing. Yes. You know, and I just want to follow through with this, you know, um, which is important. Uh, they say that Yeshua was... He could have been three things, a liar, a lunatic, or Lord. Ooh. A liar, a lunatic, or Lord. I say he's Lord. Amen. Now, when you look at these disciples, the 12 disciples, minus Judas, but they would never die for a lie. Remember, they would never be persecuted if he was a liar. 
See, so think about that. Mm, You're not going to die for a lie. Mm -hmm. You're going to die for a truth. So for them to be persecuted and all these other things, it, it shows that he was Lord, that he was Lord. So wow. just, just something to think about. Uh, remember that. You're not going to die for a lie. You're only going to die for what is true. Mm -hmm. And that's another uh, case to bring out. And so I'm going to let Pastor Russell take it from here. And, and we're going to be getting into, uh, of course, the title is uh, the Feast of First Fruits and the Resurrection. So Yeshua fulfilled the Feast of First Fruits. Leviticus chapter 23, verses 9 through 14. I'm going to give this to Pastor Russell. Oh, this is exciting. And this is really good. You know, I'm just excited to share this. So we're going to get into the scriptures, ladies and gentlemen. So let's start off in Leviticus here. Pastor Nick's favorite book, Leviticus 23, 10 through 11. Uh, verse 10 says, Speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, When ye had come into the land which I give unto you, and ye shall reap the harvest thereof, then ye shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits, the omer, of your harvest unto the priest, and he shall wave the sheep before the Lord to be accepted for you on the morrow after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it. All right, Pastor Nick, kind of explain to us what is this first fruits experience? For those that are brand new, have never understood what first fruits was, what is first fruits? It's going to be the day after the Sabbath. We're going to build a case here, right? So it's the day after the Sabbath. So when you think about Passover's one day, then the week of unleavened bread will contain within that one week of unleavened bread is first fruits because mm -hmm. it's going to follow the Shabbat, the Sabbath, your first fruits. Mm. So he's our Passover lamb. He's our unleavened bread. He's our first fruits. Wow. Uh, some have said, I mean, Eddie Choney makes, makes this case and it's kind of interesting. I mean, go back and study it for yourself. But the parting of the Red Sea was the, the time of first fruits. Wow. So that's when they would have crossed the Red Sea while the water to the left and to the right, and they would have crossed the Red Sea and it would have been their first fruit. So that's the thing that very, very much could be true uh, as they begin to make their way yeah. uh, out of Egypt. So, yeah, it's very good. And you know what? If you want to read on and discover a little bit more about first fruits, you can read about it in Deuteronomy 26.2. There's another reference for you guys there um, because there's a lot more to this, um, but we're going to get into kind of just touching the top of the iceberg here. It's just awesome. And that's, of course, it's a measure of, of, of it's a measure, mm. a sheaf of the first fruits. So it's actually an omer. Yes. It, and that's where we count the omer. So Pastor Russell is going you know, to continue on. You know, it's it's exciting. You know, early on in the recording here um, this week, we actually had Miss Libby kind of sharing a little bit about the Omer, and she has got a fantastic book out. Uh, and you guys can contact the office to get a copy. You can also go online and order it on Amazon, I believe. Um, but if you need uh, information about the Omer, she's a great resource for you to understanding that whole process. She has a, I believe, an eight eight week uh, eight part series to this. Um, but it's very, very good because the Omer and the first fruits play out so prophetically in Scripture, so many places. Uh, and we're going to continue on here to talk about this. So the, the sheaf of the first fruits of the Omer, we're going to talk about, um, uh, for those that don't know, that was also offered unto the Lord. This is after the Passover. So we're going to continue on in John 20, verse 1 through 2. And on the first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early, when it was yet dark, and unto the sepulcher, and seeketh the, and seeketh the stone taken away from the sepulcher. Then she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter, and the other disciple whom Jesus loved, and saith unto them, that they have taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher, and he, we know not where they have laid him. 
So as you guys can see here, this happened on when? The first day of the week. So why is that important, Pastor Nick? What is the first day of the week? How does that how does that coincide with the counting of the Omer and first fruits well, here? Well, because you're going to count seven Sabbaths plus one day. So if you look at that weekly Sabbath after Passover, you're looking at the, the very first day of the Omer is first fruits. Yes. Because it's the day after the Sabbath. Yes. Uh, and that's going to be coming up here actually tomorrow. So today is Saturday. In the evening. It'll in be the evening. day one. Yeah. In the evening tonight. It'll actually be day one. Exactly. All right. So we're going to continue on here. So Yeshua is our first fruits, ladies and gentlemen. This is coming out of 1 Corinthians 15, 20 through 26. I'm going to read verse 20 here. But now is Christ risen from the dead and becoming the first fruits of them that were asleep. That's Amen. Right. Pastor Nick, do you have anything to share on that? You know, I, I think it's interesting because once again, you got to remember now, if if the children of Israel fulfilled these these feast days in the beginning, Passover, they put the lamb of the blood of the lamb on the doorposts. They fulfilled Passover. They they made haste, unleavened bread. They get out of there. First fruits is the next feast day. Mm. They cross the Red Sea. Well, it's fulfilled. Well, now Yeshua comes. He fulfills Passover with the disciples. He says, "Do this in remembrance of me," and all of that. And what does he do? He, of course, initiates his personal Passover. And, of course, he is the lamb that was slain. And what happens with him is, is that he actually is the unleavened bread as well. And they celebrate that too. Well, it says right here, he's become the first fruits of them that slept. That's really good. You know, first fruits also has a Hebrew, a Hebrew name to it. So it's Bikurim um, in Hebrew. And first fruits is actually part of the harvest, as you guys can tell here. It's got wheat. It's got all those uh, those key features here, right? Uh, but it was also the um, the best. It was the best that you could offer. So when you brought your first fruit offering, uh, you would bring it to the priests and you would give it to them. And this is the season of time that we're in, ladies and gentlemen, but it would be the best offering. So Yeshua was the best that God was going to give. He gave his best. He didn't give uh, a second rate or a third rate Messiah. He gave the number one rate Messiah. Amen. And so we have so much to look forward to because it was also his firstborn. See, this is the thing. We need to understand that this is all playing out today, ladies and gentlemen. This is all playing out. You you guys are experiencing this here and now. This is the Passover season. And it's so awesome to see that now that Christ has risen from the dead and become the first fruits for all them that slept. So he was your offering, ladies and gentlemen. He took the place that you should have taken. He has redeemed you from your sin. And he has taken on the curse of the of all that because he was the, the perfect offering, the perfect offering that was necessary. So Pastor Nick, I don't know if you have anything to share, but that is just to me very exciting. It is exciting. And so with that, you know, just take these scriptures literally okay it's real simple you know th this is just really simple to look at you, you look at the the actual historical account how it was fulfilled and how messiah comes along and does the exact same thing and mm -hmm. and and the feast of first fruits is celebrated the day after the sabbath the same week as passover okay leviticus chapter 23 verse 11 and he shall wave the sheath before the lord to be accepted for you on the morrow after the sabbath the priest shall wave it that's right there yes. in leviticus 23 11 okay yeah as, as we look at this as well we continue on here because we, we've got a, a few more things to share but yeshua fulfilled the spring feasts he's the feast of passover he's the lamb of god he's the feast of unleavened bread he's without sin mm. he's the feast of first fruits he is of course 
resurrected. Now, real quickly here, Miss Libby Davis has done a fine job teaching us about the Omer and everything, but I want to make it perfectly clear to you that there's a lot of controversy over counting of the Omer. And so we're not going to try to tell you that we're right and they're wrong. What we want to do is to eliminate confusion in mm -hmm. our community. So basically, if Passover is during the week, once again, you count the morrow after the Sabbath will be day one yes. of the counting of the Omer. So Let's look at this year, 2020. So Passover was Wednesday night to Thursday night. If you go to that Sabbath, which is what? It's April 11th, yep, and the 11th. evening is going to be day one. Yes. So here's the thing. Shavuot, the Feast of Shavuot, we always be, it will always be celebrated on a Saturday night based upon our understanding and what the Scriptures say. It's that simple. Mm -hmm. And I think it's been great. You know, we, we even have a calendar now that, that, that we're not, you know, lining up with, but this is what we're doing. Yes. So the Feast of Shavuot or Pentecost will always be on a Saturday night to Sunday night because of our interpretation, because we're counting seven Sabbaths plus one day. Yes. So once again, we're not saying that we're right, everybody else is wrong, but this is just something to think about uh, in that regard. And if you have any questions, you can call the office or email us. We would love to talk to, to you about it. Yeah, to talk I to you about it. So here we go. So when we think about the coronavirus, when we think about uh, all of these deaths and different things, uh, we're not promised tomorrow. Today's a gift. You know, I want to share this with you. Man cannot control the time of his death. Mm. In Ecclesiastes chapter 8, and verse 8. So everyone's all jacked up and worked up over, oh, we're going to die and this and that. And, and I want to share this verse with you because as a pastor, I've had to do quite a few funerals. But there's hope. There's hope for those of us that are in Christ and all of that. Amen. So check this out. This is a very interesting verse in Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 8. And this is what it says. There is no man that hath power over the spirit to retain the spirit. Neither hath he power in the day of death. And there is no discharge in that war. Neither shall wickedness deliver those that are given to it. So see, when it's your time mm -hmm. to go, it's your time to go. You know, and, and they say, well, only the good die young, you know. But the thing is this, though. Remember, you don't know what's going to happen in that person's life. Mm -hmm. You know, this is just something to think about. What if the Lord takes somebody, Pastor Russell, because they're going to do harm to themselves or other people? Mm. Now, see, we don't know. All we know is this side. I remember the priest would tell me when I was at the Catholic boarding school, all boys school there, and going to school. And I, I, I enjoyed it. I got an education, I think, and I was never, you know, sexually abused or anything like that. And I know it happens, it happens everywhere. But I'm bringing up the story because one of the priests had died and he was very special to me and a principal, Father Kevin O'Brien. And uh, when he died, one of the priests came over and put his arm around me and he says, son, you know why we cry? And I said, no, sir. He said, because now they have all the answers and we don't. Mm, good point. We don't have the answers. Faith has to continue to, to work in our life. Yes, work its way. You know, and once again, to believe in God and have a relationship with him is a choice. You know, you could not believe in God and just try to figure it out for yourself, but it's not really the road that I want to take. So I'm just bringing these things out to help you because we, we've got to, it gets complicated and people go off the deep end, you know. Mm. This is something we should be able to teach our children, you know. Yeah. And so once again, neither hath he power in the day of death. Mm -hmm. So why do you have all these near-death experiences? Because it wasn't your time. Right. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, those are all near-death experiences. I, I, I've had them. Pastor yep. Russell's probably had them. I'm yep. sure living in Colorado, I'm sure you've had <laughs> quite a few, right. especially if you're on a farm or, or anything like yeah. that. So th that's Ecclesiastes 8.8. So here we go. Yep. Where does the dust and the spirit go? 
In Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 7, where does the dust and the spirit go? Remember, we're, we're a dirt ball. God balled up some dirt. He breathed into us, into our nostrils, and we became a living soul. You're a good-looking dirt we're ball. We're a dirt ball. Matter of fact, I clean the bottom, the, underneath my bed, there's like a, a, I mean, a, a big dirt ball under there. And we got it all cleaned up. Amen. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 7. Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the spirit shall return unto God who gave it. Okay? That's good. Why do you get a handful of dirt and throw it in the hole? Mm. Because you're reminding yourself. For the dust I came, to the dust I will return. And that's what God said to, to Adam in judgment. To the dust you shall return. You're going to work by the sweat of your brow, thorns and thistles and all these things. And to the dust you shall go. Okay? So, the, so really the... The ultimate perfected plan of God before the sin of Adam was to live forever in the garden. Amen. That's right. So if the if the whole point of it was for us to live together with him, why would that not be the way that God wants it in the end anyway, right? That's so right. if we're gonna add if A plus B equals C, this is how we're gonna figure this out. So what we're understanding, Pastor Nick, is yes, we're gonna be going back to the dirt, but that's not where we're gonna stay. God that's has right. a bigger plan, a greater purpose for us. And uh, it's really exciting because you know, I believe that there is purpose in each and every one of you you know there's been times where my life has nearly ended i had i share a lot that uh one time i was in a swimming pool and i nearly died from asphyxiation from um from from uh, absorbing too much chlorine you know and today i go and i have a pool at my house right and i sm and i smell that chlorine and it doesn't it just doesn't sit well with my spirit and how many of you guys know that the devil wanted to take me out early he wanted to take you out early but the lord said no That's because right. there is a purpose and a plan for each and every one one of us, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm telling you, Pastor Nick, this even leads into the next part here because we're talking about the Yeshua being resurrected, but we're also talking about purpose and calling. And I know you're going to share about Pastor Randy about Absolute, that season. Absolutely, you know, and, and tell them and, about and, that. And what a great patriarch! So, so once again, I, I, this teaching is dedicated to, of course, the great patriarch, Pastor Randy Dreyer, and, and of course, Tikva Dreyer. Uh, and so, once again, uh, She's Kobo now, but once again, you know, you got to remember now when I met when I met Pastor Tief and Randy, you know, they were, they took me under their wings, you know, they they took me in, they treated me like a son, and so uh, it's been great, and so, you know, it, it, it gets me choked up, you know, and I know I'm a little congested right now, but I'm gonna beat this thing, you know. I, I've said it before, and I'll say it again, you know, uh, uh, sinus problems and being able to breathe and all that. It's it's fear of failure, and so what you have to do is, and I, I'm still battling things but i gotta say i'm not a failure i'm a success and i am a son of god you Amen. know it's that simple you know pastor henry right where he went to be with the lord he was sharing these things with me for those of you that have respiratory problems and i find it interesting with the coronavirus it's all about your respiratory system wow. so you got to say I'm, I'm not a failure i'm a success yes i am a son of god or i'm a daughter of god you know and so i can't encourage you enough that even though i'm a little under the weather uh i thank pastor russell for being here and being with me because you know we we have to give this teaching Yes. And it's not because of our feelings and our emotions, even when we don't feel well or whatever. We know that God is victorious. So on November 17th of 2002, early Sunday morning, Pastor Randy Dreyer went to be with the Lord. The Torah portion of that began on November 15th of 2002 was Vayetzi. He departed, found in Genesis wow. 28. Verses uh, 10 through, through well, let, let's just look at that real quick here. Genesis chapter 28, verse 10. Uh, through 32 verse 3. So remember the Torah portions are prophetic. So I want to just close it out with, with this because this is very, very interesting when, when this was shown to me. 
uh, when he I went to be with you. the Lord. I, I'm just looking to see the, the context of mm -hmm. it here. So Jacob has a dream at Bethel. So when it says he departed, so he was he was moving forward, right? He was leaving his home to find a bride. So he departed literally means he was leaving his home to find a bride. That's awesome. I know. Jacob was, was going to find his bride. So yeah. we know that we have the, the Torah portions. Mm -hmm. And, and if you want to share something, that's the Torah portion that Pastor yeah. Randy went to be with the Lord. And you know, Pastor Randy's Torah portion, ladies and gentlemen, was written to the kids. It was written to you. This this Torah portion that he passed and his he departed was the promises. He was re, reiterating that I will take care of Abraham. I'm going to take care of you and your children. You are the children of Abraham. And so this this whole Torah portion was prophetic, written to you. So when Pastor Randy went on to be with the Lord, he left that that promise just like the scriptures. He left a promise that the, the Lord would take care of us. The Lord would do it. You know, when Jacob passed, who else was going to do it? God was going to handle it. So I want you guys to know this is a great portion, especially with Pastor Randy passing because we are continuing the vision. Pastor Nick, praise God, took that vision and kept running with it. And we are here today because of what God is doing. Amen. And, and, and what's good about it is when you have the Torah portion, you have a half Torah, a reading from the prophets that goes with it. And I want to I share this with you because this is our hope, even right now. The half Torah portion is found in Hosea chapter 12, verse 13, all the way through chapter 14 and verse 9. This is the conclusion of the book of Hosea. So that's the half Torah the reading for the prophets, Hosea chapter 12, verse 13 through chapter 14, verse 9. And this is what I want to bring out to, to share with you all that's so incredible. Uh, basically, I, I believe that the Torah portions and the half Torah portions are prophetic. Let's look at Hosea chapter 13, verse 14, in regard to the death oh, of yeah. Pastor Randy Dreyer. Let's look at this and, and, and make it relative, okay? Here's what it says in Hosea 13, 14. I will ransom them from the power of the grave. I will redeem them from death. O death, I will be thy plagues. O grave, I will be thy destruction. Repentance shall be hid from mine eyes. Look at that. Mm. O death, I will be thy plague. Yeshua, yes. he's going to take the sting out of it. He's going to do this thing. You're going to see this in 1 Corinthians. I'm going to let Pastor Russell read that. But once again, what happens with the coronavirus? People die from the plague. People are afraid. There's death. This thing is, is no respect of persons. You know, it just hits. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's, it's hidden. It's an invisible uh, enemy, right? O death, I will be thy plagues. O mm. grave, I will be thy destruction. Repentance shall be hid from mine eyes. So good. It's awesome. So this verse is quoted by Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 54 and 55. So. All right, and let's read together. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that was written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The Lord has given us, amen, everybody. The Lord has given us salvation. He has taken away the, the reproach that the, we were not able to approach a holy God, the holy, holy of the holy of holies. We were not able to approach it because we were in corruption, but he has taken that incorruption off of us. And now we are with the salvation, with the blood of the lamb, we are purified and we are now able to stand before the father in incorruptible bodies and serve him and worship him. I always imagine myself one day being in 
in the throne room of the Father and saying, wow, holy, holy is the Lamb, and doing that forever. How powerful is that vision going to be? And you need to see yourself there, ladies and gentlemen. You need to, if you have not accepted the Lord into your life, you can do it today. And you need to see yourself standing in the throne room of the Father saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord, because he has removed the corruption off of you. All those past sins, all those issues of, of, the, of the past have been removed, and now you can walk victorious in the Father because he is he has overcome the grave. Amen, Pastor. And, and, and you know what's amazing, Pastor Russell, is that we've been in the in the in the, the Torah be, because of your mother and father, Rabbi Messer and Mrs. Messer. We we've had the Torah since 1999 in the fall. We started our first Torah cycle thanks to Simchat Beit Midrash. But the thing is, you know, and I, and I just want you guys to be reminded of this. Think about the times in which we're living in right now that God is writing Torah on minds and hearts. Mm. And people say the law has been done away with. I don't have to do that. Why are you doing that? But the fact remains that for 20 years, we have been doing the Torah. We get to do the Torah. And so this sets us apart because now we're not together, but God's Torah is still on our minds and our hearts. Yes. And we're still going to do Passover. We're still going to do unleavened bread. We're still going to do first fruits. We're still going to do these things, right? And, and we're still going to tithe. You know, maybe we don't do the check or, or mail it in, but we're going to go online and learn how to do, you know, online giving or something. But something in us, and I, and I got to just admire all those that were just bringing their ties and stuff. I, I, I was shocked, like, wow, people really want to give, you know, because you're thinking, okay, well, we're not taking up an offering. But I was really, really surprised at, at the amount of, of the giving. It's just God is going to pay the electric bill and everything because yes. of you. And I thank you for sharing thank that you. vision because we want a strong community raised with the next generation. Nothing's changed. These are the things that we want to do, you know. And I've even had the privilege of going with Pastor Randy to the land of Israel, of course, back in 97, uh, uh, 98 and 99. I, I, I guess no, it was 96, 97, and 98 uh, for Tabernacles. But I got to go uh, with Pastor Randy uh, wow. to 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 experience that, and that was really cool. And I got his his ram's horn, his shofar, and so we blow that a lot for the new moon and different things. But you know, here's here's Pastor Randy at the wall, and we know that the 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 Jewish people were not able to, of course, go out of their homes and everything, and uh, they're, they're, they're in their homes. They're quarantined, you know, literally like the first family Passover. Wow. And so, you know, as, as we it's close this bad. out, in Job 19, verses 25 through 27, verse 25, once again, one of the oldest books in the Bible, here's Job. For I know that my Redeemer, and uh, in the strongest concordance, it's next of kin or avenger, mm. liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. Listen, Yeshua is the original Avenger, folks. I know you love superhero movies and Iron Man and all that, but you know what? He doesn't need any of them. He is the original Avenger. You can read that yes. for yourself. He is the he is the uh, the Gaal, mm -hmm. the Redeemer. And of course, I had the privilege of taking my my son Micah uh, to the land, and and of course, 2016, Josiah and Nehemiah got to go for Shavuot or Pentecost. 2015. So 2016 was actually Tabernacles, and here we have the Garden Tomb. He is not here, for he is risen. Amen. So Pastor Russ, you want to close this out? You know, um, as you can see here, Micah is in the shot. Micah is actually directing today's uh, program, That's right. and he's doing an awesome job. Um, and you guys can tell that this vision is always for the next generation. See, the vision was never meant just to be for Abraham. It was never meant to be just for Isaac. It was for the entire house of Israel, ladies and gentlemen. And the Messiah didn't die, didn't come and die for just Pastor Nick or just Pastor Russell or just Pastor Tikva or just whoever. He came for the whole world. But ladies and gentlemen, we have to, number one, believe 
believe that he had died and he is raised from the dead and then we will be saved. And I'm telling you guys right now, we are living in amazing, Pastor Nick, you can, you can join in too, but there's a power happening here at Beit Deal I've never seen before. In my years of doing ministry, I've never seen Jewish people coming into our play, into Beit Tehillah. I've never seen it. I've, right. I've, I've just seen sign after sign after sign. The Messiah is coming back, ladies and gentlemen. Things are happening, and it is exciting to see. And I'm going to um, close here with prayer here in a little bit, um, but Pastor Nick can jump in here if you'd like. I just want to tell you guys that I'm encouraged, and I hope you are encouraged by this message. This whole, this whole season of time of Passover was to point us to the Messiah. The, the the Lord had to shut down all of the, if you guys look at video, you can go online and look at the video of LA. The streets are empty. I mean, we're talking these cities were full of people are now at home. He and shut everything down. He shut it all down. Why? He wants our attention, right, Pastor Nick? That's he incredible. wants our focus. And so, Pastor Nick, um, if you have anything you want to share, go for it. But no, I'm just I, telling I, you that we are going to... close prayer. And I, I, like I said, I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm a man of many words, but I'll tell you, God is faithful. And, and, and sometimes we, we get a little panic attacks. I know I had a little anxiety. A couple times I had to just really enter in and pray and worship, lift up my hands. And, and I felt I had to press in, you know, because I was a little concerned and, and got a little scared, you know. Uh, I could feel it was a spirit. It wasn't the circumstances, mm. it was a spirit. So, so once again, we, we live in a reality of being quarantined and everything, but we're gonna get through this. We really, we really are, you know. We're gonna be stronger, we're gonna be better, and we're gonna show more love and show the love of Christ and help each other a lot more than we ever have and really appreciate one another. And this facility, this place, you know, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain. We have so much to offer. And yeah. I wanna thank the Father yes. for allowing Esther the musical to go on. Yes, you know, that's great. Uh, Josiah got the vision, everyone shared the vision, everyone did an incredible job here. I, it blew me out of the water, totally blew me away. I never stayed for practices, I wanted to enjoy it. I went to both shows. I wanted a third show, but I only got two. But anyway, I have to watch the video. <laughs> but I'm just saying that, and then all of a sudden, the coronavirus strikes. I want you guys to think about this. Years ago, the Father put on my heart his calendar. And the feast days are a part of that. But we have a color-coded biblical calendar. We can send it to you, eight and a half by 11. Put it on your fridge. I have a tablet for him. And I'm telling you, there's, there's a time in this calendar for caution. Mm -hmm. And we've already hit it with the coronavirus. Right after Purim, you see Purim is actually caution and it goes down into the counting of the Omer. It goes into a lot of things. And so once again, you have to get this calendar because you're gonna be prepared. So we were prepared. Wow, we don't know what we're to be cautious of. Well, here it is. It was the coronavirus right out of the gate. So what was the main subject matter for Passover this year? A plague, mm, a plague. Wow. And what would he do? He said that he would pass over those houses that have the blood. I even put in symbolic form a cloth over the door frame of the church and the side door, uh, because those are the main entranceways. And I'm believing that the death angel is going to pass over. Amen. Now, now listen, I don't know. I'm not into numbers or anything like that. But all I can tell you is that there's only five deaths in Hillsborough County. It's a miracle. If we can pray storms away, why can't we pray coronavirus away? Come on. That's all I'm saying. I serve a, a God that's a healer, but he's also a protector. You know, he could cause this thing to jump over. It's just pass us. So just keep that in mind, everyone. 21 cities in Hillsborough County, 1.5 million people, and only five deaths. Where's the fear? It's not here. It's not here. Th these are public records, people. And we can thank God for that. Yes. Amen. Praise the Lord.
All right, I'm going to go and close in prayer. And if you've had a spirit of fear that's been on you or you're unsure about the future, I want to pray with you right now. I really want to pray that the Lord comes and comforts you. He says you will comfort him, his people. He will comfort you. And so we're going to pray for that today. So, uh, And we're also going to be praying for the first time um, you know, the, the first responders and everybody out there on the front lines. And we're just going to pray for healing. It says, if those who are called by my name, if we would humble ourselves and pray, he would heal our land. And so we're going to repent as well if we've done anything wrong because we want this land to be healed. Amen. So dearly Father, I come before you, Father, and I just thank you, Father, for this time that we were able to share. I'm so thankful for Pastor Nick and the awesome leadership here at Bates Healer, Father. Father, we just pray, Father, and lift up, Father, all the first responders, Father, everybody out there on the front lines, Father, with this virus, Father. Father, we know that you are greater than the virus father we serve the king of kings the lord of lords father and you are greater than all this so father we petition you right now father and we become and we come before you as a whole body and we repent father if we've done anything to dis, to displease you father we just humbly come before you and ask for your forgiveness father if there's anyone watching right now father that doesn't know you right now father i pray for them that they will accept you into their hearts right now father that if they had a, a, a holy ghost experience and they're not sure what it was father I ask why you will speak to them right now father and that they will come into a closer relationship with you. Father, I just thank you, Father, for the community of Hill. Thank you for putting us in your in a Goshen bubble, Father. And Goshen is where we were protected in the story of Exodus, Father. And so, Father, we thank you for that. Betahila is in a Goshen bubble, Father, that your people are protected. And I thank you, Father, for your protection and your mercies that go before us every day. Father, I just ask, Father, you will bring us back together one day, Father. And we are excited to be here, Father. And I thank you for those that are watching online. Thank you for every person that is watching online that is given to this vision, Father. Father, we thank you for the obedience, and we thank you, Father, for being our first fruits, Father. We thank you, Father, for taking our place, dying on the cross, so that we didn't have to die for our sins, Father. You took our place so that we could live forever with you, Father, in a personal uh, in a personal relationship with you, Father. And you are the first Avenger, Father. You are the closest relative we'll ever have. And I thank you, Father, for this Shabbat, and I thank you, Father, for this time, and I thank you, Father, for what you're doing, and Pastor Nick, and Danielle, and the entire team here, Father. And we thank you, Father, for everything, and you choose name to pray. Amen. And we want to leave on a high note. We want to sing Shabbat Shalom. Amen. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat 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 Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat 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 Shalom. Shabbat 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 Shalom. Shabbat Shabbat. Shabbat Shabbat Shalom, Shabbat Shalom, Shabbat Shalom, Shabbat 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 Shalom. Shabbat Shalom, everyone. God bless you.